Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Elemental Evan Show. Thank you very much for tuning in. Always grateful to have you here as a listener, and I hope that today's episode brings you a lot of benefit in one way or another. Today's episode is going to be on a movement practice that is probably my favorite movement practice, as well as being the movement practice that if I could only have one for the rest of my life, it'd probably be this one, um, and that is yoga. Now, yoga is obviously much more than just a movement practice. I mean, it is literally a way of being, but nonetheless, um, I'm going to heavily focus on the movement aspect of it, or also known as asanas. Asanas are the poses that you would hold in a yoga class, Um, but I'm also going to give some background information on what yoga is and what are these other aspects of yoga. So to first break down what yoga even is, I'm going to be sharing a lot of information from my uh, yoga teacher training course that I went through back in 2019. Uh, It was through the Universal Yoga Program with Andre Lapa, Um, a beautiful, beautiful course with a ton of information and a really just amazing practice, Um, you know, quite literally changed a lot of things in in how I look at the world and within myself. So I'm very excited to share this information. And let's start off with what yoga means. So Andre Lapa, my teacher, told me that yoga can be translated into unification. Now, this is probably a pretty weird concept for most people, um, at least here in the United States, as well as other Western countries, which tend to think of yoga as just being, uh, you know, throwing on some leggings, going into a hot, sweaty room, and stretching for about an hour. Um, How does that tie in with unification? Well, we'll kind of dive into that a little bit more later, Um, but that's where I want to start is with the term yoga, meaning unification. I also wanted to mention that in my teaching, and this is something that has always stuck with me, is yoga is our natural state of being. And when we practice yoga, it is returning to that natural state. So yoga is your natural state of being and going through the practice of yoga is returning to that state, Um, which if you've ever come out of a really, really good meditation or even a yoga class, um, you definitely know what blissful state that is. So on top of that, I also wanted to mention that yoga has been around for at least 5,000 years. There is a text called the Rig Veda that mentions yoga, so we know that it is at least 5,000 years old, and there are many people who believe it is even older, somewhere around maybe 10,000 years old. Uh, So nonetheless, it is a very ancient practice that has a lot of relevance even till today. So uh, a really cool practice that's steeped in a ton of knowledge and history and is just a beautiful practice that, like I said, when you walk out of a a really good yoga class, you can feel why it is something that people, you know, still practice till this day. Um, In terms of kind of how, you know, Western or modern yoga differentiates from traditional yoga, um, I first just wanted to kind of touch on the point that I personally have nothing against Western style yoga. Um, I started with vinyasa flow type classes, um, you know, yin style uh, yoga as well, which I really, really love. It's like deep, slow stretching. And of course, if you listen to this show and you know who I am, um, acro yoga, right? Like I've done acro yoga for 
seven to eight years now with my fiance. It's something that we've taught. We continue to teach. Uh, we continue to practice it. It is a really enjoyable practice. And while many people are more focused on the acrobatic portion of acro yoga, um, you can still find a good aspect of yoga within the acro yoga practice. So that is where I come from, right? Um, I started with vinyasa yoga and uh, acro yoga and yin yoga, and it led me down this path of continual um, understanding and and figuring out about the traditional style yoga and its practices, the deeper practices. Um, so really, Western style yoga is what opened the door for me, right? I can remember almost like crystal clear some of my very first classes and the effects that I felt coming out of those classes where, um, you know, I had I came from a traditional sports background, so um, taking a moment after your exercise or your really intense practice to uh, go inward, close the eyes, shut down, and just meditate was a very new um, practice for me, and so I just couldn't remember, you know, going through a really physically demanding yoga class and then being able to take a moment to now focus inward, right? Allow the body to rest. And it's almost like when you really tire the body out, it allows for this moment of introspection where you can just really go deep and have um, some really blissful moments of, yeah, having your eyes closed and kind of being in between this conscious and subconscious state. Um, so it's a really interesting practice that, like I said, led me to where I'm at now. So. Personally, with Western style yoga, um, I understand why some people don't like it and they prefer just traditional style yoga, totally get it, but I think it really has a lot of benefit in some ways and can also open the door for people to the deeper teachings of yoga. So my goal here is if you are listening to this and you just practice you know, Western style yoga, that's amazing. Um, but I would definitely recommend that while you're doing these classes to you know, take some time to really focus on your Shavasana, the, the meditation at the end of your class. And, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to have some breath work mixed in there and some meditation, by all means, do it and live it up to the fullest and really, um, you know, just be with yourself, right? Be present in that moment. Um, I think a lot of people, they kind of get weirded out by meditation and, you know, the Shavasana portion, which is, I think, why people keep it so short. You know, in like an hour class, you only have like a five-minute Shavasana. Um, in my opinion, that's way too short. But for a lot of people, that is all that they really want. But I think going within and, you know, kind of discovering who you are, right, and what it what it means to just be present, right, and instead of giving all of your energy and focus and attention to the outside world, instead now turning that in onto yourself and uh, really focusing on that. Um, I think there's a ton of benefit in it. And if in your next class, you can really focus on that and practice it, I would be so happy. And you know, my goal is accomplished there in just helping you to deepen that practice. Um, and also in terms of what a more traditional style uh, yoga would look like, there are varying different types of yoga. There's um, many that are uh, rather, you know, traditional, quote unquote. Um, but one thing that really stuck out to me that my teacher uh, told the entire class about was um, when he was in India practicing yoga, which he was fortunate enough to even practice with Iyengar, which is amazing. Um, 
he said that it was actually a lot slower paced. Like we weren't, they weren't really doing as many flows. Um, while I'm sure that did happen, they were actually more focused on really practicing certain poses and, you know, really focusing on doing it correctly, right? Like having good form in those poses, um, doing pretty high level poses as well. Uh, so it was a much slower style class. And I remember that just always really sticking out to me. Um, so traditional style yoga, in terms of just the asana practice would probably look something like that. Now, yoga as a whole is not just, you know, the classes where you're doing stretches. That is actually just the very first shell of yoga. So the very first shell is the physical body, right? So the very first part is working on the physical body in terms of practicing asanas to strengthen and stretch the body, and also Ayurveda to nourish the body correctly. Um, Ayurveda is the form of like dieting that um, is within the yoga practice. I'll speak a little bit more about it later. Um, but that is the first shell, was the physical body. And the reason we start with the physical body is because it was in preparation to help you get ready for really long periods of meditation, essentially. So um, for those of you who have not stretched in a very long time, and then you try sitting cross-legged for five minutes, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. It is very difficult if your body is not limber enough and comfortable in sitting in a cross-legged position you're not gonna be sitting there for very long, hence you're not going to be able to meditate very well for a very long period of time. So that was the goal was to teach the body to be comfortable in a uh, static pose, which would be like the lotus pose or uh, just even cross-legged, which by the way, according to Andre Lapa, was uh, the first asana was just seated with cross legs, like full lotus. Um, which is really interesting to think about because now we have so many asanas. But anyways, uh, so that was the first shell, was just practicing the physical body to be able to sit for long periods of time in a meditation. Then beyond that, you had your energetic level or your energetic shell. Um, this largely deals with things like pranayama or breath work and, you know, so on and so forth, working in towards, you know, meditation and, um, you know, with a goal basically being reaching enlightenment or uh, nirvana, samadhi, uh, whatever you want to call it. Um, but pretty much getting to that point, right? Getting back to unification with the source. So that is pretty much kind of the breakdown of yoga. Yoga is not just the practice of, you know, uh, the physical body. That is actually just the very first part of yoga. Then it goes even deeper and deeper and deeper. And, um, you know, the, the true practices are more like meditative. Um, this is just the very beginning. So here in the US and, and most Western countries, we practice mainly just that very first shell, that very first portion of yoga. But the actual practice of yoga is much, much deeper. So if you are practicing yoga and you have not heard this information before, um, you know, keep this in mind when you are practicing next time. If you have, uh, you know, the ability to do a little breath work, absolutely do so. Maybe um, even extend your Shavasana for a little bit longer. And also just remember that Shavasana is essentially the whole reason you're doing a yoga class, right? It's to get to that meditative state. So when you do a yoga class, instead of just going in there for the benefits of the physical practice, right? Because of course there is a great benefit to that. Um, but 
really keep in mind that it is a practice for meditation. So the Shavasana is the reason you're doing your yoga class. So kind of keep that in mind and um, go inward. Take some time to stop giving your attention to the outside world. Um, you know, we really purely almost give our attention to things that are external from us, whereas Shavasana or meditation is a moment in time in which we can take that that awareness, that attention, and bring it and direct it back onto ourselves and kind of, uh, you know, take a moment to sit with ourselves and see what's kind of underneath the hood, right? Um, it's a very interesting practice. And uh, I remember the very first times that I was really getting into some deep Shavasanas. Um, it was really cool and, and sparked me wanting to go deeper into the practice. So that's a little bit of what yoga is, right? I mean, there's so much information. I mean, I literally, <laughs> I don't even think I scratched the surface. It's like just a piece. Um, but I think that gives you a little bit of a better idea of what yoga is, right? It's not just this practice of um, holding these poses, but rather it is a full-blown way of being. And now I definitely want to take some time to focus on why I love the physical portion of it, right? The movement practice here. Um, so I want to really break down why this practice of asanas or, you know, vinyasa flow, whatever you want to call it, is so beneficial for the body. So for one thing, of course, anytime you are moving your body, there's just an enormous amount of benefit that's taking place in your body. I mean, we're talking about uh, moving all of your lymphatic system because remember it does not have a pump on its own. So movement is literally the way that we can move our uh, lymph fluids uh, throughout our body. So incredibly important for that. Um, of course, it can help with actually, uh, you know, decreasing levels of anxiety and depression. Um, it is possible to as well build muscle and um, with yoga specifically, you're able to work out muscles that typically don't get a lot of tender love and care. You know what I mean? Um, yoga will put you in poses and positions that are not what you would normally do in a day, right? There are these poses where you're twisting your torso and straddling your legs and it is not a pose that you would normally find yourself in, but for that reason, it works out muscles that do not normally get activated. So it is a really, really beneficial practice in using muscles that you don't don't normally use and uh, being able to work them out, strengthen them. Um, and one of the biggest things, and I, talk about this so much to people who start getting into yoga, especially if they're a little bit older, and that is the ability for it to improve your balance, right? There's a lot of poses where you're standing on one leg or, um, you know, be going inverted, uh, whether it's a headstand or a handstand. Um, and while you're doing those, you are improving your balance for sure. You're working all those tiny little muscles and uh, improving yeah, your balance overall. And the reason that is so important, like I said, especially for the older uh, older part of our society uh, is because according to the World Health Organization, an estimated 684,000 fatal falls occur each year, making it the second leading cause of unintentional injury death after road traffic injuries. That's crazy. So <laughs> literally you got cars, 
and then you got falling, <laughs> right? Like that's the order in which this is going is car accidents, falling. It is extremely, extremely important for all of us, but specifically the older community to really, really focus on a little bit of strength training and balance. We really, really need to start hammering these hard because there are so many people, people that I know personally in my family who fall all the time. And it's something I try to, at least with one or two of them, work with them a little bit and uh, hopefully mitigate that. But it is a very serious issue. So according to the CDC, just to really drive this home, the age-adjusted fall death rate, okay, fall death rate increased by 40, sorry, 41% in nine years from 2012 to 2021. Like that is insane. 41%. It went from 55.3 per 100,000 older adults in 2012 to 78 per 100,000 older adults in 2021. So literally a 41% increase in the fall death rate. This is insane. It's something that can easily be mitigated, lowered. Um, we can start taking action literally right this second to start changing this statistic. And I think it's something that is such a low hanging fruit that for us to not just go for it is ludicrous. We absolutely need to start working on our balance. And if you're thinking, oh, I'm young, I've got time, I can work on that later. Of course, yes, I mean, you can always improve your balance later on in your life, but there is no time like today, right? If you start building those muscles, start, you know, uh, taking care of those muscles, start working on your balance right now, it is going to help you so much more in the future, okay? It is it's not something that you should nece necessarily postpone. It's something that you should really start working on at this moment in time. So yoga is an incredible way. If it's not through yoga, if you wanna do some other form of balance practice, I don't care. It's just super important that you start doing it. I just think yoga is a really, really great way of obtaining so many different benefits at once, and that is just one of them. Now, on top of helping to, uh, you know, build our balance, work out these muscles that don't normally get worked out, uh, it also is going to help out with uh, some joints. I've had many people say that they have, you know, had decreases in their joint pain uh, overall, and this can be for a few different reasons. Personally, I just think it's because you're putting yourself in a pose and that joint in a position that it's not normally in and you're holding it for an extended period of time. This can be, you know, working out the muscles around it. It could be stretching those muscles. It can um, maybe even uh, lubricating that joint a little bit. Uh, whatever it is, people do say that they receive a ton of benefit. I myself have received benefit from um, doing various stretches, uh, you know, even just a simple forward fold for your back can be incredible. Um, so definitely a lot of benefit in terms of joints. And on top of that, we also have uh, the ability to work on our fascia. So for those of you who don't know what fascia is, it's essentially this spider web looking film kind of that is surrounding all of your muscles. And so this usually will get a lot of benefit when you are doing a deeper style uh, stretch. So like yin yoga is a great one where you're holding a pose for 
one to five minutes and you just get to sit there and really get deep into the pose. And the reason it's so good is because when you first go into a stretch, you'll always notice that you're most tight right when you first get into that stretch, right? Like maybe if you bend down and you can't really touch your toes at first, hang out there for like a minute and you'll probably be, well, depending on who, <laughs> where, where your flexibility level's at, um, maybe you can already touch your toes, right? And then get there. So nonetheless though, your muscles, when you first get into a stretch, they're much tighter, they're, they're resisting the stretch. And then as you hang out there for a second, the muscles are able to relax and slowly start to lengthen. And then that's where you start to work into the fascia. Um, this can really help for you know a lot of different uh, pains, like hip pain, back pain. Um, yeah, like I said, also just great for the joints, right? But specifically that fascia, you know, people will do foam rollers, which are also an excellent way of getting into the fascia, but uh, also just deep stretches are a really great form of doing that. So that is in terms of exercise, the benefit of practicing the asana portion of yoga. Now, on top of all of that, like I said, there's other aspects to yoga, and this is why I think it's one of the best forms of movement because there's so many different layers to it that don't really pertain just to uh, movement. But one of those is breath work. So breath work, or as it's known in, uh, in yoga, pranayama, it is literally something I practice every single day. I don't practice my asanas every single day. Actually, I don't practice it nearly as much as I should here recently, but breath work or pranayama, I practice every single day, whether it is to get into a deep meditation, whether, whether it is to uh, activate my body and get ready to maybe go for a run or do something uh, that requires me to be ready for action, or even the opposite of that, to de-stress and calm down my nervous system, right? Activate my parasympathetic nervous system. Your breath can literally do all of that. And what I think is so fantastic about this is prana means both breath and energy. It is synonymous for both of those words. And I think it's so neat that we also, you know, um, like I was saying, the second shell is the energetic shell, and that is... Uh, you know, associated with pranayama. And it's like, even back then, they they just knew that breath affected your energetic level. And now we have the science to see that literally your breath is a form of energy. But also in the book by Dr. Stephen Gundry, where um, I'm spacing on the title, but it's his most recent book. And he talks about mitochondria uncoupling. And he talks about how these monks up in the Himalayas or even, you know, Wim Hof, for example, are able to do these breath works and activate something within their bodies that is heating them up in a very cold climate, right? It can be snowing outside and they don't have any clothes on, but yet they maintain a constant body temperature that is absolutely fine. They, they're, they're nice and warm. And so how is this happening? Well, according to Dr. Stephen Gundry, he says that it's because when you do these types of breath works, you're actually... Um, uh, causing mitochondria uncoupling, which is releasing a form of energy. So it's just wild to see the science kind of starting to back up the stuff that was already traditionally known. Um, I just love to have like the mix of the two worlds kind of come together. I, I don't know why it always fascinates me, but anyways, breath work is incredible. If you're not practicing some form of pranayama, like even maybe over the asana practice. <laughs> like, 
I highly recommend it. There are so many benefits from it. Um, like I said, from, uh, I, I think the most important one is the calming type of breath work that you can do. Um, but literally, like I said, even if it's just a few deep conscious breaths uh, at a point in which I'm very stressed in the day, uh, there is some form of pranayama that I'm you know, using in my day-to-day -day life. So highly recommend that. Now, aside from the pranayama or breath work and the exercise portion of yoga, there's also the meditative portion of it, right? The inner work portion. And I was kind of talking a little bit about Shavasana, right? The like five minutes that they give you at the end of your yoga class. Well, that is just a taste of what benefit you can gain from meditation. And that is coming from a person who, you know, I have never obtained like enlightenment or anything like that through meditation. I've probably only obtained the very small beginning portions of meditation. And that's, you know, even with me doing four to four and a half hour meditations in my yoga teacher training, which were absolutely wild, you know, uh, there's still just so much benefit in doing like 10 to 15 minutes of meditation. You can gain so much, whether it's, you know, doing some inner work, just becoming conscious of what it feels like to quiet the chatter that's constantly going on in your head all day long, even if it's just for a second, just to recognize what it feels like to not have that chatter and just kind of be present in the moment and be with yourself and see who you are. I actually think that you owe it to yourself, to the people around you, and to the society at large to meditate, right? Because for most people, we don't do any inner work. The most inner work we do is probably from the hours of 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. when we're sleeping. And that's when we're, you know, in our subconscious mind. We're not even conscious of what uh, of what's going on. So I highly recommend that you start practicing some form of meditation. I don't care what kind it is, but take a moment, five minutes minimum, to just sit with yourself and see what's underneath the hood, like I said earlier, right? Like, take a moment to really see what's going on. And for myself personally, I have definitely noticed that I am much more calm throughout my day. I don't get triggered by things as easily. I am able to respond instead of react, which is huge, right? Instead of just reacting to what's happening to you, you're able to choose your response. It's extremely powerful. Um, and just really giving this overall sense of calm, right? There's a huge mental health benefit in meditation as well that um, I think is not stated enough. It's incredibly, incredibly beneficial. And uh, on top of that, there can be some very trippy experiences that you have while doing meditations, which I haven't had many, but the ones that I have had are really, really interesting and, and absolutely beautiful experiences to have. So I highly recommend as well uh, to give some time to the meditation. And really all three of these go hand in hand and a really good yoga class can give you pretty much all three of these, at least to some degree, um, which is why I chose yoga as like if I had to have just one form of movement for the rest of my life, it would be yoga. That's probably mainly why is because of all the levels. And also, I wanted to take a moment because I think this needs to be stated to talk about Ayurveda. So Ayurveda is a portion of yoga. It is the dietary portion of yoga, right? And what I find so fascinating is the level of complexity 
to Ayurveda for being such a old form of, you know, quote unquote dieting, right? What they actually did is they broke, they, okay, they looked at people and they understood that not everyone is the same, right? Like we all have different body types, um, you know, different things going on with, uh, within, uh, within us and therefore we should not all have the exact same diets. We are very unique individuals and we might need different things from, you know, this person and that person, right? So they broke everyone down into three different groups. Uh, they're called doshas and you have the vata, the pitta and the kapha and you can do these little tests online that will tell you what your dosha is. And uh, sorry, dosha is spelled D-O-S-H-A. And so yeah, you can figure out what your dosha is. You can find out what diets are best for you and what practices are best for you. I mean, there's a whole a whole world within that. And I'm not gonna go super deep into it. I'm not even here to tell you that, you know, Ayurveda is the best uh, form of, you know, practice in terms of what you eat, but Nonetheless, I do think there's a lot of benefit in it, and I think that it's very fascinating that such an old form of, yeah, I keep saying dieting just because I don't, you know, it's lack of a better word, but I think it's so incredible that they really understood so much, right? Like, if you go to a lot of the modern day uh, dieting programs like I, I I'm not gonna throw anyone under the bus but just think of some of the very the very big common ones um it's like one size fits all and that is just not the case like we are absolutely indiv uh, individuals unique individuals and we require unique uh dietary choices for us so I find that super interesting and I think there's a ton of benefit in that and for that reason I think yoga as a whole, is not just an incredible movement practice, but a way of living. And uh, I think there's so much knowledge in this. I personally feel like I'm still just scratching on the surface, trying to get deeper into the you know deep teachings of uh, yoga. And I highly recommend that you also do the same if you if it so calls to you, of course, right? If you feel called to practice some of these deeper teachings of yoga, then go down that path and uh, see where it takes you. I promise you it's a very enjoyable experience and will teach you a lot about yourself. And for that reason, yoga is my favorite movement, practice, and kind of just way of being, right? So anyways, that is going to do it for today's episode. Um, it is the ultimate movement practice in my opinion. Um, of course, there's other incredible movement practices and uh, in my personal opinion, I think as long as you're doing a movement practice of some kind, you're doing immense, uh, yeah, just like providing so much benefit to your body and, uh, and to your mind and your overall health and wellness. So. Whatever movement practice you have, if it's not yoga, that's fine. If you want to try yoga, highly, highly recommend it. Um, but just move your body in some way or another because that is the most important thing for sure. But yeah, go ahead and give yoga a try. If you guys have any questions, uh, concerns, please reach out to me on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. And uh, yeah, be sure to subscribe on whatever channel it is that you're on, whether it's the YouTube channel or uh, any of the podcast platforms like uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google, I'm on all of them. And uh, make sure you're subscribed, make sure you leave a rating, a review um, on Apple Podcasts, you can leave the review, a written one. I love reading those and seeing what you guys have to say. Also helps people to uh, find the show easier. 
So please do that. And uh, please also share this with family, friends, and loved ones, whoever needs to hear this episode. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode for yourself personally. Um, Please take what works for you and benefits you and leave what doesn't. And overall, I'm just very thankful to have you all listening here to this show. And uh, yeah, I appreciate your listenership very much. So Thank you very much. I hope you all have a beautiful rest of your day. You know the show, uh, the motto of the show, it's do everything with good intentions and connect to your elements. Much love, everybody. Take it easy and peace. This podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. Evan Roberts is not a medical professional, and this podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Statements and views expressed on this show are not medical advice. This podcast, including Evan Roberts and any guests on the show, disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in this episode. If you think you have a medical problem, please consult a medical professional. 